Let's go. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Formula America podcast. We're your host, Curtin Dillon. And today we're going to come and talk about the updated regulations for 2026 that's coming down the line. Uh, and then also we're going to hop into a midseason rookie review, which I'm pretty pumped to see kind of where our predictions from the preseason lie on that. Yeah, uh, it should be interesting alert. since we're down a rookie. That's what I was going to say. <laughs> spoiler alert. One of them is no longer here. Stay tuned to find out who it is. <laughs> oh, man. But as you can hear, Dylan's still having microphone issues, unfortunately. So we're going to bear with work us on that. working through it. <laughs> oh, man. So we're now a full week into the summer break. And I'm already I feel like that meme with a. Uh, uh, Gosh, man, what's his name? Oh, I feel like that Pablo Escobar meme from Narcos where he's like waiting. Yeah, standing in the pool, sitting, <laughs> sitting on the bench. <laughs> like, well, I don't know what to do with my Saturdays. My kids the other day were like, what's the what, when's the race coming on? I was like, there's there's no race. There's it's been no so race. crazy hot here that I've been working outside in the mornings. But that also gets really postponed because there's a race or quality. And so I'm like, well, quality's at like eight. So I'll start work at nine, you know, after quality's over. And this past weekend, I'll re- my wife was like, when are we going to get going? I was like, well, there's, I guess there's no race this weekend. I guess I can get up early and start working. <laughs> it <just> sucks. <laughs> they got to be so productive now on the weekend. <laughs> um, there's been lots coming out about 2026 and it actually makes me kind of excited. And there's a lot of rumors. There's been a couple of like hard and fast, Hey, these things are definitely changing, but then there's been quite a few rumors of different things and it makes me pretty excited. Yeah. It seems like, you know, they keep doing these regs to kind of, you know, one of two things, right? The regs generally, when they're changing them, it's to make the racing better. Um, and then also what we see a lot with the 2026 is this whole like carbon neutral pledge that F1 has by 2030, everything's going to be carbon neutral. So it seems like these regs specifically are kind of more geared towards that. Whereas the 2022 change was more geared towards making the racing better. Um, but I mean, we might get a little bit better racing too, because you know, they're, they're changing the size of the cars, which we've seen increase exponentially almost, the cars are really. humongous um, these days this is one of the things i'm most excited about is they're shortening the wheelbase by 30 centimeters a meter like or not a meter i'm sorry uh, one third it's i just jacked that all up <laughs> 30 centimeters we don't know the- is is it 11 it's one <laughs> foot it's 11.8 inches that's what not one meter it's one foot that they're shortening the cars, right. which is quite a bit because the cars are, I mean, these cars are big, but I, anything to keep, kind of get them a little smaller, I think is great. Yeah, I, th- I think a lot of people don't realize just how big these cars are until one, you see them in person. But then two, when you actually see them up against the size reference, there's a, a yeah. chart that I found in the, an F1 car is essentially the size of a single cab Ford F-150. It's yeah. almost exact on the dimensions, which is massive for yeah. these cars especially when you think of a track like monaco you know and that's the one they always talk about you know nowadays you can't it's so hard to race around monaco with these big cars but you know so a foot it doesn't seem like a lot but a foot's a lot when it comes to yeah. these cars yeah i'm excited for that there's also i read the other day they're talking about going down from eight gears to six gears in the trans which i'm weirdly really excited about that like they're always shifting so much they talk about how much they have to short shift because the electric engines are so torquey. So they never let the RPMs get high up in the range because there's just too much torque. So they're short shifting it constantly. 
Um, and it excites me to get a little wider gears, a little, you know, less shifting, and maybe we get up in the RPM range a little bit more. Um, I think it actually adds a pretty interesting twist to the racing. Yeah, that, that is, that's the one where it's like, at first you're like, oh, why would they do that? What's it going to change? But I guess it'd be pretty cool. I don't know. We'll see. They're also talking about up in the power, north of a thousand horsepower now. Um, same 1.6 liter V6, but the MGUK, which is the electric motor, will put out three times the amount of power. And they're getting rid of the MG, MGUH, which is the battery. So you will harness and deploy. There won't be these like, you know, warm up laps to deploy the energy. It sounds like it's going to be a lot more of a consistent energy level, um, which I, I'm pretty happy about that. I think it's annoying having to recharge the battery to then deploy it and then to recharge the battery for another yeah. lap. Like, um, it's almost like kind of video game ish where it's yes. like you get the boost for a certain amount of time. But yeah, I had to look that one up. The NGUH, it, it takes the wasted heat and converts that to electrical energy to charge the battery. So that's why they have to go around, you know, and, and rebuild that. Yeah, I was so thinking that, about that with like quality rounds. Um, when, like when there was the V10s and the V8s and all of that, like you could just do hot lap after hot lap as long as you kept your tires in the operating range. Like there was no like warm up lap or cool down lap or recharge lap. You could just kind of punch them out, which I was like, that'd be interesting. I, I don't know that I'm kind of excited for that one as well. Man, I wish I'd go back to that. Those cars are so cool with the V10, that sound. That was so. That was also one thing that got brought up that uh, Stefano, Stefano, yeah, Domenicali, Domenicali, thank you, um, said apparently he's gotten a ton of flack for how quiet these F1 cars are, and they're going to up the regulations on the decibel level to make the cars louder because, yeah, you know, America, <laughs> hell yeah, <laughs> hell yeah. So I thought that was kind of cool. Um, Let's see. What else do we got? There's so many. So like I am on F1's website and F1's uh, as of this is end of 2022. This is what they've released about the 2026 changes. And it's no new fossil carbon will be burned. Three times the electric power, thousand plus horsepower, better safety, which with the MGUK set to be enclosed within the chassis next to the battery and control electronics. All high voltage equipment will now be contained within a safety cell. Lower costs, getting rid of the MGUH. Tougher challenge for drivers, it says, because with the removal of the MGUH, they expect turbo lag to come back and more environmentally responsible. So that's what the F1 regs have released. That's what F1 has said that they're actively changing. Um, the six speed trans, all of this, I more hear and read about in third party sources or from, uh, Stefano Domenicali saying something at a conference, like, but I can't find any of it on the F1 website. And so that's where it's like, these seem like things that they are actively doing, but we're still two years away from it. And all of this is up for change. I think it just makes for fun speculation. Yeah, yeah, because that's where there was the speculation. I saw a couple different videos and I've read it, but again, not on the official documents yeah. about the active arrow where they're going to be able to change from high to low downforce, you know, other, you know, something similar to, to DRS, but something that they can do throughout the lap. 
I think uh, about I that. I, watched, I, mean, I sent you that video of the uh, the guy that bought the Bugani Hawaira, and yeah, it has yeah. those flaps that'll deploy on the front and rear. That'd be pretty freaking cool. Like that's the thing that's so cool about F1. Like it will never ever be fair because it's about innovation, not about yeah. fairness. And that's it's like throw active arrow in there. Let's see what happens. Like, but then is that going to be something that's automatic or is it driver control? Just one more thing for these drivers to have to worry about. You know, changing the settings for going into turns and all that. So eventually, it's going to be just too much. Too, mu- uh, too it much. It already kind of sometimes yeah. feels like too much. Oh, when they're going down, you see their hands like changing these dials and brake bias and all this other stuff. There used to be a dude on YouTube. I don't remember his name, but he would break down the fastest quality lap per race. And he would show how many from like that overhead view where you can hear, see the steering wheel. He would count how many adjustments the drivers did in a single lap. And I remember one of them. It was Monaco. It was some like really technical lap. It's something like 47 changes around the lap that they were doing and you're just like good grief like i wonder if you know nicky lauda when he was still with us and mercedes if he was like you know back in my day we had six gears and that was it and i yeah. like that yeah. <laughs> you had a third meanwhile, pedal and six <laughs> gears that's it uh, meanwhile you got teams like williams that can't change anything so they're yeah. like driving a go-kart around the track <laughs> So I don't know. I'm excited for them to shorten, make the car smaller. I'm excited for them to go down to six gears as opposed to eight. I think that's a really interesting change up. Um, getting rid of the MGUH. Uh, it'll, I don't know. All of these things are like, I know they're largely around more carbon efficiency, but it also sounds like a lot of fun. Like I'm not hating on any of the changes they're coming up with. Three times the electric power to make these things about 1,200 horsepower. Hell yes, yeah. I'm cool with yeah. that. Like if we're <laughs> gonna have an electric motor, let's turn it up to 11. Like whatever. <laughs> yeah, it'll be interesting. So we'll we'll see. Just like every other regulation change, some teams are gonna come out and get it right. Some teams are you know gonna be off the ball, kind of like Mercedes was with the last one. And we'll see. You know who. Who's able to put it together? And I hope they keep the ground effects. Um, I got to say, I'm a huge fan of these new cars. And when I see the videos of the old, the last generation of cars with the crazy barge boards and everything that was on and how they kind of sit funny with the rake and all that yeah. stuff. I'm like, dude, these new cars, I love so much more. I didn't think that I would, but I, I totally do. I think they're awesome. And I like how... They're way less fragile. You remember if you breathed on those barge boards wrong, they would fall off and then your race goes to crap. Like you can't do anything. Yeah. I I remember when they first came out with the new cars, I was like, Oh, I don't like these, but you're, you're right. Looking back at the old videos, like those cars, they were just, they were so high, especially the red bull with the massive rake that the red bulls had. Yeah. Yeah, I like the new ones now. And the new tires or the old tires. It was so weird when we saw the new tires. They're bigger with a lot bigger rims and everything is like, man, those things look funny. Now you look back at the old cars and you're like, no, those look funny. Those tires are so <laughs> small. Like, <laughs> Oh, man. All right. So I'm excited. I'm excited for the new regulation changes. Um, how about these rookies, man? Let's get into that because this Let's is something it. that if you guys were with us from the beginning in the preseason, we did a, a rookie review and we kind of ranked or not really ranked but just talked about the rookies that we thought were going to be doing well 
um, and the rookies that we didn't think were going to get it together. And I think Dylan and I both kind of were on the the Piastri bandwagon saying he was probably going to be number one. But I think, I think we, we also, both said it was his to lose. We did. Like, this right, will be yeah. interesting. It's Piastri's to lose and DeVries to take. Yeah. There was a, I remember at one point we said that, uh, uh, well, Checo might need to watch out because DeVries might be coming for his seat. Yeah, Boy, that, that didn't was, age well at all. That did not age well. Um, no, but it's super interesting because I think that if we had done this podcast two races ago, we'd have much, much different opinions of Piastri. But how he performed at Spa and at Silverstone in that upgraded McLaren has been a game changer. For sure. So let's go ahead and and go with the stats on Piastri. So he's currently 11th in the driver's championship with 34 points. And when you compare that, I think a good measure is to compare the rookies with their teammates and see how they're doing, you know, comparatively. So he's got Lando Norris by all accounts. Lando Norris is one of the top drivers in, in formula one right now. So Lando Norris is eighth in the championship. So three positions away. Uh, with 69 points. So he's got just over double the points that Piastri has. Um, so, I mean, honestly, I think that's pretty damn good for a rookie to come into the sport and be that close to Lando Norris. And for the first um, 10 races, you're battling with, uh, you know, Williams and Alpha Tower. True. Yeah, like, these points came in the in the last couple of races, largely. Um, um, so he's got his best finish this year has, is fourth place. He's got three races that he's finished ahead of Norris. Uh, Norris has beat him nine times. He's outqualified Lando twice this year. Um, and just to point out, I, and I, I said it the other day and I was wrong. I'd like to correct it on this. Max Verstappen in his rookie year at Toro Rosso, his best finish was fourth place. So really? technically, Piastri is currently on Are you par saying- with Max's rookie year. Are you saying Oscar Piastri is better than Max Verstappen? <laughs> no, no, I'm not. Don't don't even try that sound clip. Not happening. <laughs> oh, that's funny. But yeah, I mean, uh, and by all accounts, yeah, he's he's doing well. So he's not. He's all right. So the one the one fact I liked about Oscar was he has won a race in his rookie season for every series that he's raced in. And I remember we said that like, uh, it's not going to happen. But he, he, I mean, he's come pretty close and he did lead a few laps for the sprint race, which is pretty interesting. So I and wouldn't fall would have been interesting if, uh, you know, if Carlos Sainz hadn't uh, cut yeah. across the track there. But, uh, you know, we won't go That's there. racing. Rubbin's racing, Harry. Rubbin's racing, Harry. <laughs> um, no, I've definitely been more and more on the Piastri bandwagon. I was a little bit nervous in the beginning. He came into the sport making a lot of noise with how he left Alpine, moving to McLaren. Like, there's definitely a target on his back. And I am, at this point, nothing but impressed with how well he's done. You remember his first race? He didn't even finish it because his steering wheel had a Microsoft update midway through. <laughs> like, you know, it was not a great start. And it was like, oh, is he going to lose this? And then him and Lando are battling it out with Alpha Tower and Haas in the back. And, now to see where he's at, it's like this kid's got something. I think this could be a lot of fun. Yeah, I'm I'm definitely excited for the future with that with him. Uh, Nick DeVries. Oh, Nicholas. I don't even know if it's Nicholas. I think it's just Nick. <laughs> yeah, because it's NYCK yeah. in it. Yeah, NYCK. So, all right, Nick DeVries. 
And uh, he's gone. Guy. New, moving and on. He, that's it. <laughs> <laughs> they, let's let's at least let's at least put him in here, right? He did have two races. <laughs> Give him a little bit of respect. <laughs> Man, what a a tragic ending that we all thought was going to be much different. Um, he just couldn't get it together, and he he came into a pressure cooker. And, you know, I think by all accounts, you know, he probably should have went to Williams. I think Williams was kind of banking on him going there. And uh, probably would have been a better place for him to go. For sure. Yeah. I wonder what it was that made him decide to leave the Mercedes camp and jump ship and go to Red Bull, which, you know, looking back on it was a bad move. But I think it's ego, uh, man. Like if you look at going to Williams, you're like, oh, man, I'm years out from ever contending for wins like Williams is Mercedes little sister team. George Russell just went from Williams. It took what, two or three years of George Russell being at Williams and proving himself to move up to Mercedes. Now you have Lewis and, and uh, Russell at Mercedes or Williams that nobody else in Williams is moving up anytime soon. Like I think if you're looking at the wanting to be competitive in the near term, AlphaTauri probably looks a whole lot like a better option but as you said, and I think it's the perfect analogy, that Red Bull and that Red Bull environment is a pressure cooker and you it makes or breaks you really, really fast. And uh Nick had quite a bit of an attitude, I think, coming in. He's a Formula E world champion. You know, remember he didn't want to be called a rookie that was making him mad that he wasn't a rookie, he had experience. And uh so I think it was an ego thing, and I think he got a pretty hard ego check there. He did. He <laughs> To for sure did. So he had <laughs> 10 races, zero points. Uh, he out-qualified or was out-qualified by Yuki uh, eight times. And his best finish was 12th place and multiple crashes. He had a couple weekends there where, uh, what was it, Baku, where he crashed almost every session, if yeah. I recall. Uh, just not good. And then once the tide started to turn on him, he started getting... You know, a lot of pressure from Helmet Marco, everybody above. You could kind of see the writing on the wall, and he was pulled. And now we've got Daniel Ricardo in the seat, who I didn't know we were going to be doing a midseason rookie review with him on the list. But I think <laughs> I went ahead and added him on there. So, Daniel Ricardo, let's see what he's got. He's currently 21st in the championship, which sounds weird, but he's got two races under his belt. Yep. <laughs> his best finish thus far has been 13th, and that was in his first race in uh, Hungary. Which, not to downplay, he started 13th, got moved on down to 19th place, which was actually last on the grid because I don't remember who retired, but someone retired, and moved his way back up to 13th place. That's not a – there's a whole lot more in that race than that saying he just finished 13th implies, I think. Right. I mean, he he got essentially – rear-ended by – what's his name? Zhou Guan Yu right at the beginning. Yes, it was Zhou Guan Yu. Thank you. Yeah. And so worked his way back up. So as, when you compare him to, to Yuki, they're 50 50. He's, you know, out qualified Yuki once, been out qualified once. He's finished better than Yuki once and, you know, lost to him in a race once. So by all accounts, he's doing better than Nick DeVries, even though yeah. he's still got zero points. But he's brand new in the car. I mean, you can't expect him to come into that car right away and all of a sudden start fighting for podiums or anything. It's not going to happen. I don't know if you go back two races when he started in the car and look at our wild cards. I think we were expecting that. <laughs> I said he was going to out-qualify Checo. Hey, I said was he was going to get points. <laughs> <laughs> I was just going for a Hail Mary pass on that one. Um, oh, could you imagine? He'd be sitting in a Red Bull right now if that happened. <laughs> um, 
yeah, I, I'm I'm excited to see. It'll be really interesting what happens with Checo and what happens with that Alpha Tauri. I think having the experience of Danny Rick is going to help pull that Alpha Tauri forward. Um, I'm we're now seeing that Hugo Boss is looking at buying Alpha Tauri, and yep. that they're basically just looking at giving Alpha Tauri the RB19 for next year, which could be interesting. Everybody else better watch out because <laughs> the RB19 is. A beast. It so is it, a beast. So. It's like it's it's probably a year or so ahead of everybody else, anyways. So by then, that'll be a still an extremely competitive and probably dominant car. Still, yeah, it would be a lot of fun. Um, and it, it, kind of going back to finish up on Nick DeVries, if he had been able to put the laps in, he would have made a, it. We would have been calling him a genius for not staying at Williams if he had survived the pressure cooker. And he, you know, one, do your rookie season and then you get the RB19 and then you're competing for podiums. Like, man, we would have been looking back and like that dude was a genius. Instead, he crumbled and uh, I guess him and Latifi will be hanging out in the Chinese F4 years. Hey, no, it's business school, man. Latifi's going to business school. Oh, okay. (laughs) All right. So speaking of Williams, let's go down to Mr. Logan Sargent, who, you know, not... (laughs) Not doing that well, but by all accounts, you know, I think I actually was reading that Williams, the original plan with Williams was to keep Logan Sargent in F2 for another year, another developmental year. Um, But then once they lost, you know, Nick DeVries, or I'm sorry, whoa, Nicholas Latifi, once he was out and then they were kind of assuming Nick DeVries would come and then DeVries jumped ship and went to Alpha Tauri, uh, they kind of had to pull him up a year early, so. Technically, this is supposed to be a developmental year for Logan Sargent, but he's up in Formula One. Um, 19th in the standings, zero points. You know, he's got up against Alex Albon, who's 13th currently with 11 points. Um, and Albon's been killing it. He really has. Um, by all accounts, I think that Albon is probably getting more out of that car than everyone really expected that car to be able to do. So. You know, Logan's not doing well at all, and I'm not on a Logan Sergeant bandwagon, but I think he's doing about what we all expected in that car. Yeah, I think, honestly, I think he's doing enough right now. He's His yep. best finish is 11th. You know, he's been out-qualified in every race, but we got to think, you know, he is still a rookie. He's in a Williams, and Williams is a team that, you know, historically, they've been kind of more patient they're not a red bull look at nicholas latifi he had i think three seasons in that car he should have had a season right he underperformed every freaking race every season and so you know i think he'll a lot of people are starting to speculate that he's going to get booted at the end of the year i don't see it williams i see them and james Vowles giving him at least another year yeah um and then maybe having that discussion at the end of next year if he's not and there's no one in the wings that's you know chomping at the bit to be in the williams i don't think that He's got a lot of competition behind him that he needs to really worry about right now, unlike Alpha Tauri. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I think the, you know, he's in a position where there's not really too much pressure. He can kind of relax and soak it in and learn as much as he can. And I yeah. think that's the, that all that, you know, even the team, I think that's what they're hoping for. I was reading something saying that I think it was Monaco, um, where he was kind of just rolling around at the back of the pack. They pitted him and put on softs because they knew he wasn't going to do anything. And yeah. James Vowles came out and said that they wanted that to be like a test session so that he could understand the experience or experience what it was like when the tires fall off. So basically, you know, when the tires stop lo- or having their grip and they're degrading, 
And you know, so they use it as a test session for him. So I think that's the best thing he can do is just learn as much as possible. And that's going to probably make him a better race car driver in the long run. Oh, for sure. Yeah. And so he's he's lucky to be somewhere like that instead of uh, the Alpha Tower. So, yeah, which is make or break you. So, yep. Be interesting. Right, I think that uh, as of right now, Oscar Piastri is uh, squarely the number one rookie. Kind of hard to argue with that in any way, shape or form. Um, well, well, hang on. We still got one more rookie we got to talk about. Which is Mr. Nico Hulkenberg. He's not a rookie. He's a, he's he a, was, he's he was, back. <laughs> he's, he's been around for about a decade, Kurt. I don't think he's a rookie he was anymore. All, we, but we added him in the original rookie review or first rookie year, preview. first year guys. <laughs> but I, I was going to say, I think that he's earned the right to be <laughs> graduated from that. He's no longer in that class anymore, especially the way he's been outperforming K Mag, man. Man, this is Saturday. I know, man. He's he's making K Mag look kind of bad. I think if anything, K Mag might be the one to be looking over his shoulder at the end of the year. And I was on the K Mag bandwagon in the beginning because I was like, yeah. K Mag's just the Vikings just crazy enough in a car that's not gonna consistently score points. I expected K Mag to be a little bit more risky and throw it down the inside and get more points than Nico. But man, Nico's been on it, especially on Saturdays. He's been in For Q3, sure. what, four times? Yeah, I, I don't know. It's been a lot though. He's out qualified uh K Mag. He's he's got nine to three on K Mag for Quali. So I mean it, it's, that it's, car it's, is slow too. Like yeah. <laughs> his race pace is atrocious and we've got That's, multiple Q three appearances. <laughs> well, cool, man. Well, quick, super easy. Got lots coming up for the summer break, lots to talk about. We do. So we'll be back. Uh we're gonna do a uh ranking of the team drivers and we've got some other news coming out a lot of a lot of rumors coming out about uh contracts already so we're gonna I get saw those one on a carlos signs today yeah i've seen one on charlotte claire too so yeah. we're gonna get that uh a little more research and we'll come back and discuss those as well uh hey if you like this podcast make sure and leave us a rating and a review and share it with a friend if you can and uh i think that's gonna be it for this one dylan you got anything else that's all i got all right well on that note stay classy america See you next time.